This is the World Industrial News for Tuesday, December 6th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part eight of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Technology is going to influence what we can do throughout. throughout. I can give a few examples. Uh, one of the issues is that we must make the power that's being generated from renewable resources, we must make it more dispatchable. Because if you simply have a group of windmills popping up and down like a jackrabbit, that doesn't really help the grid. That hurts the grid. Because sometimes, even in times of power shortage, you end up with too much power. And you have to be able to do something with that power. Because again, all of this goes at the speed of light. Electricity communicates back and forth between everybody at the speed of light. So one of the ways we see technology being used is we look at these uh, batteries and the cost of batteries, which are dropping very, very rapidly. And they then can be paired with something like a solar farm to, in the aggregate, they look like something dispatchable. On the smaller consumer ones, specifically, there's provisions for aggregation within the smart grid. And what that means is that these things work and they're more valuable if they can be dispatched by an operator to actually keep the grid balanced. The other thing, and probably the hardest thing technically to do, is what's called stability, voltage and frequency stability. What happens in, in power, if you're trying to transmit power down a line and you don't have sufficient power, then what happens is the frequency starts to lag. And that's the way the grid is saying, send me more, send me more. And so the, the frequency becomes a very important parameter within the grid. Well, sometimes the newer technology, for example, large DC grids or large DC assets like solar farms or wind farms may drop offline and that would have a tremendously different effect than a rotating equipment with its all inertia. And so the measurements in the sensors that are managing the frequency and voltage stability of the grid are much higher speed. 120 times a second type of speed, so they can manage that. And finally, what I, what I have to say is, and I keep talking of the communication between the parts of the grid, this requires scale. And the scale of this job is a function of physics. And so if you say my scale is, say, within a state or within a distribution network, then that simply doesn't work because physics is saying the sun is shining very hard on this part of the country. We have floods on this part of the country. And physics says we have to be able to distribute power in proportion to where it's needed in the different parts. Technology will affect all those. It will affect it in what they call IoT, which is sort of shorthand for saying we're going to measure a lot more than we used to measure. We're going to measure things in the household. We're going to measure them in transmission. We're going to measure them in generation. It's going to influence 
in the technology and being able to predict ahead, look and have algorithms and systems that say, we need so much power tomorrow based on this weather pattern and based on what we know about the changes that are coming. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Sometimes it's profitable to swim against the currents, to zig when everyone else is zagging, to push back on the conventional wisdom. That's what DRLL, the exchange-traded fund launched this past August, exists to do. Invest in oil and gas companies according to pure financial performance without reference to environmental, social, and governance criteria. Many energy companies and the drill fund have criticized an effort by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to compel publicly traded companies to disclose their greenhouse gas emissions. Crude oil prices are under the influence of a possible global recession as well as tighter supplies, though triple digits seem likely, analysis finds. Brent crude oil, the global benchmark, was trading at $87.97 per barrel as of 8 a.m. Monday, up around 2% on the day. The rally was largely a given due to the weakened decision from OPEC+, Plus, the organization of the petroleum exporting countries and their non-member state allies, including Russia, opted to stick with its October policy of trimming 2 million barrels per day from collective output. Industrial Info is tracking more than $18 billion worth of U.S. chemical processing industry capital projects that have been completed or are on track for completion this year. The petrochemical sector leads with nearly $10 billion worth of completions, followed by plastics and rubbers and industrial gases. By market region, the Southwest leads in completions. And oil, gas, and energy companies in Europe are bracing themselves to pay heavy taxes going forward as Germany, Ireland, Spain, Finland, and the Czech Republic and others have started implementing the European Union's windfall tax directive. Germany, Europe's largest economic nation, has introduced its 99 billion euro energy support scheme that will be largely funded by a 33 3% windfall tax on energy companies that will run from this month until the middle of next year at the earliest and until April 2024 if needed. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.